Okay, so uh, welcome everybody to It Doesn't Take Millions to Be a Queen, the Apartment Queen's Guide to Successful Single and Multi Real Estate Investing. Um, so this is just a very light, um, on the surface type of deal. So this is going to be a seven week long series. So uh, as we go, there the topics will get more in the weeds, if you will. So uh, this is a really great opportunity um, to to learn and get comfortable um, before obviously everything opens up. Um, hopefully soon here. Everybody, if you can see the screen, it's uh, the icebreaker. So uh, what is my why? So for me, it's really important um, to be able to intertwine my why with what I do for work. So, because it makes it just super enjoyable, right? So I finally found alignment with being able to do something uh, for work, but it also bleeds right into what I care about. So my why personally is being able to teach other people, especially women, how to create more independence uh, for themselves. Uh, and the way I've been able to do it has been utilizing cash flowing real estate. So whether it's that you're a passive investor, whether you're an active investor, uh, whether you're doing single multifamily, it doesn't matter. Real estate is just such a powerful tool to build long-term wealth and create independence um, that I want to be able to teach individuals, show individuals, influence in, in whatever way I can to be able to have more people be able to not feel pressures or not feel uh, indebted to make certain decisions in life for them to have full freedom uh, to do what they want. Real Estate IQ, our sponsor for today, uh, number one in deal finding. And as we all know, you need deals to be able to do real estate investing. So we need that. Speaker today, that's me, uh, Kaylee McMahon. I'm the founder of The Apartment Queen. Uh, currently, we have 720-ish doors uh, under management, our assets under management. So if you see an AUM ever, that means assets under management. Um, and I have a passion for helping others create independence like we just uh, talked about. Um, so this topic today is going to be about just very light, uh, what beginners should learn to, uh, to be a real estate investor. So for me, um, for multifamily, uh, so this is my specific specialty area, so that's why I put this on here. Multifamily offers a few advantages. Um, that is why people have just been going crazy the last few years over uh, multifamily real estate. There's tax advantages, uh, economies of scale, um, it's a different valuation. So like the value of the sale price is totally different than single family. And depending on what you do to the property, it's an exponential increase. Uh, it's recession resistant. Um, and then this is the only question that I wanted to ask. Um, who, and you can put it in the chat, who in the crowd is interested in multifamily and apartment investing? Um, you can just raise your hand or leave a comment in the chat and I'll go check it out later because uh, it is a totally different, I can kind of use this to gauge what my next presentations are going to be in depth on or not in depth on, um, because it's just a different animal than single family real estate. But regardless, same thing is you, you still need to be able to find sellers and be able to find leads to be able to take down um, multifamily investing. Um, so regardless, uh, the importance of the right mindset um, is going to be fueled by the right knowledge. Um, so what I'm going to cover today is how to get started in single and multifamily investing, um, getting insights about how successful investors should think, and then discover what you need to handle your real estate investments. So single family is the first area that we're going to cover. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm not I'm not gonna go squirrel and read the comments right now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's like flashing. So how to get started in single family real estate. So uh, there's many different ways uh, how to get started in single family. It just depends on what kind of investment you want to do. So that's actually like the first first step is kind of knowing what your goals are and why. So for me, uh, there are so many different resources out there to be able to figure out uh, a knowledge base, pros and cons, um, exactly why you would pick one thing over the other. So for example, in single family, uh, there was a group that I was involved in and it was literally just education. That's, that's all it is. And so I can't do everything. I don't want to do everything. So knowing people that do different things, for example, I don't do mobile home parks. Um, I don't do triple net leases in commercial real estate. Um, I have done a sub two, I've done a house flip, I've done a long-term hold. Um, so besides that commercial real estate thing, there's, there's so many different ways that you can do investing in single family real estate. Uh, you can also develop properties. Um, so you could do um, communities of, of homes. There's so many different ways that you can uh, invest in single family real estate, but getting started is just learning enough to be able to decide which type of asset class you want to invest in or you want to be involved in. So again, knowing pros and cons of each thing is like the most important part of it. So learning um, everything that you can. So there's a few books um, that uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're behind me. That if you're specifically interested in single family real estate, you could drop a question or my email is admin at theapartmentqueen.com and you can always ask me what are some good you know, reads to kind of know how to get started. Um, that will walk you through the process of um, lead generation and lead finding. That's probably the most important thing when it comes to once you've decided uh, how to get what you want to get started in in single family real estate, what uh, or where to get leads. So uh, there's so many different ways uh, to be able to find leads that I've used in the past. But um, so that's why Real Estate IQ is involved with us today because it's a, it's a resource, you know. So there's the typical way that I would say, you know, go find a real estate agent, go find someone that has access to MLS, um, but. Sometimes, unless it's like a very close friend, uh, they want to charge you a certain amount to be able to get into their software because we can, I'm a broker as well, so we can uh, give you access to get into our MLS and be an assistant and we can have unlimited assistance, you can have access to all the data, but you have no idea what to do with it, you know what I mean? So I've, I've tried to help some people and even give them access, but um, we, we as realtors and agents and brokers and, you know, investors, we spend time figuring out how to run the data and what to do with it. You know what I mean? You can't just look at a spreadsheet and go, okay, now what, you know? So the cool thing about real estate IQ is that they have, um, so many different, um, places that you can get data from. And then there's, I think videos and instruction of kind of how to use it. So that's, that's really important. And a lot of people, especially when you're in the single family real estate um, area, you're kind of in the place in, in my life where I was at the time where you're more wanting to be independent. You're wanting to, I was a, a broker at the time and then wanting to flip a house. That's exactly how I started single family. And it was like, you know, you're by yourself, you're doing it. And so that was my mindset at the time. And so it's really important to have all these, um, have all these pieces of data to be able to make the best decisions. Now there's so many different parts of it. Like, you know, again, I haven't done everything in single family, but um, being in a flip, for example, there are a lot of things that I learned as far as the way that um, your bids need to be given to you, how many to get at a time, how to vet a contractor, um, how to have the right quotes given to you ahead of time. 
how you need to be writing up the certain contract to their services, uh, how to pay them if they're late or don't, or, you know, like all these different things that's in each different asset class has its own set of uh, things that a veteran would know how to handle it. But to even get started at all, you have to get leads and then you have to reach out to those leads and then you have to follow up and then you have to, um, you have to figure out something of value to give to them. But regardless, um, you need to know what asset class you want to get involved with. So you understand the pros and cons of each and then understand where to pull in leads and then having systems uh, to organize all those leads. That's another thing that's really, really key. Uh, if you get a ton of leads and they're not put into a CRM, for example, I have a couple different CRMs where, you know, you have someone that's interested, they come into, um, they want to get involved with you, they want to sell their house, they want to whatever it is that you're doing as a deal with them, and then you're not organized, and you're going to lose that lead. And so it's going to be a total waste. So I 100%, 100% agree on paying for leads. I 100%, you know, it's, it's just looking at your, your efficiencies. So that's the other thing too, is if you're not organized, start setting up those systems in, in the beginning before you even start getting these leads in because once they come in, then you want to be able to um, move them along quickly down the process of, you know, new lead, lead contacted, uh, depending on what you're doing, uh, getting the information from them and then et cetera. So um, also being organized is super important in getting started. Uh, another key thing I would say too, is that if you can get yourself out of that, you know, I'm going to do it myself mentality, one thing in the very beginning of doing any kind of single family investing uh, that would have been very helpful for me and a lesson that I learned uh, was uh, if you could find somebody that has been doing a lot of whatever it is that you want to do um, and be able to provide value to them. So whether it's you're bringing them the lead and you two partner together in, a, in an entity or in a business, and then that person has their expertise. Yes, you will be splitting profits in whatever way that you guys decide, but honestly, um, you just avoid so many problems and so many things that, again, I've learned lessons about vetting people um, if you just had that experienced person with you. And so once you learn a system from somebody, um, then you know, you'd be able to uh, scale or do much more and not have to really deal with having um, those headaches and mistakes and things that you would normally have just trying it on your own. So. Long, long story to say, this is how you start in single family real estate. Um, so I didn't stay in single family for too long. Um, my next thing in my trajectory or the next thing I did was getting involved in multifamily real estate. And a lot of people ask about how to get started in multifamily real estate. So there are many different ways with single family, uh, as far as like the money piece of it. So if you were doing what I mentioned earlier and partnering with somebody, the two of you could essentially joint venture that deal and you both could bring in the money or maybe you're somebody who, again, one of your value pieces that you bring to that person is uh, maybe they bring the deal and then you're able to have a network of family members who want to invest or a network of individuals who have IRAs or uh, retirement accounts that they want to use to invest in your project. Um, so, so something of value that you can bring to the table to basically partner knowledge and skills and whatnot. And, and there's a lot of different ways uh, in single family that if you're going to do a sub two agreement, if you're going to do a wholesale deal, if you're going to, um, there's, there's lots of ways in single family to, to do um, a, a, a quick contract flip. I can't even talk. A quick contract flip. Um, 
without even really necessarily having to put any cash into it. So I think that's one of the biggest difference between uh, single and multifamily is that once you get into multifamily, you do need to have a chunk of change put aside to get involved because the deal is, is that with your other, it's, it's, it's an expensive uh, project to get into, but the benefits are huge, you know, on, on sale of the property and with uh, leveraging a higher net worth at this point, and you'll be able to have a higher net worth. Um, so, and really, this is how you really create long-term wealth. Um, so, getting into multifamily, uh, you, the, your partners and your investors, they want to see that you have skin in the game. So, that's something that I always ask. Uh, I have a list of 30-some-odd Q&A questions, or questions, sorry, to ask any potential sponsor. And so those are things that you're going to get asked as a sponsor if you're going to be an active um, participant in a multifamily deal. So, you know, they want to know uh, how much cash you put into the deal um, and how you're getting paid, how often you're getting paid. That's just really important to those other individuals because they want to know that you're in it too, because it would be, uh, anyway, it's just, it's a very big project. So it's important to have skin in the game. So getting started that way, it's kind of, um, again, whether you have to leverage your skill set. So uh, knowing what that skill set is, I think, is the most challenging part of this. And it was for me still to this day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm learning and being told over and over again, hey, you're really good at this piece of the puzzle. Focus on that. So focus is so key. And again, I came into multifamily from single family. And so that actually was a very hard transition because you're used to doing everything kind of, you know, you and one other, you and one other partner, you yourself, you know, it's not, you don't have to contact a lot of people to make decisions, you know, and so kind of getting out of that single mindset and going into a team mindset was the biggest, most important uh, change that really has to happen mentally to get into, into multifamily. But again, focusing on your area of expertise or your strength. So I've got friends that came from uh, Wall Street, you know, and they are very, very familiar and comfortable with raising capital. So that was something that they could bring in, you know, someone else that has a math degree uh, from UCLA that I've worked with, um, you know, she is super intelligent and likes to underwrite, does not like to be on camera, does not like to be in front of people. And again, just, just taking your skill set and offering that up to your team or your group of people and being able to use that to have success as a group, that's another really great way to get involved in multifamily. Now, you will still have to put some cash into the deal. Um, so for me, um, it wasn't uh, that I had massive amounts of people that was that were going to give me cash and I didn't have that stock exchange type experience. Uh, for me, you know, it was just that I was able to um, find the deal. And then um, I had a chunk of change that I was saving up from the last year because of my real estate brokerage. So I sold a bunch of houses at the end of that year and basically didn't spend it and put it all together. And then I, I mean, I used every penny I had to get into multifamily. So you just, you have to really know you want it uh, and you got to put everything into it. This is not something that you're going to make a quick fee and be able to walk away from. This is something that honestly, if you don't have the long term in mind, multifamily is not for you. So if you want to make a quick buck, stay in single family, and you definitely can do that again, doing assignments, um, doing, um, doing sub twos, doing um, wrap mortgages, you know, there's all kinds of uh, kinds and kinds and kinds of ways to, to make a quick, quick buck. But again, it's a little bit different in multifamily. So how to get started, cash, um, have a skill and be a giver. Those are like the most important things uh, to get started. And again, 
multifamily on the lead side of things is a little bit more difficult because uh, whenever you're searching for information, uh, the information is like protected by different layers of legal entities. So for example, if you have a group of people that are investing, whether it's the um, limited partners or passives, or if it's the active members in the group, all of us invest and are in that deal in an LLC. So basically we would have like the manager LLC and then we'd have each different property that the manager owns being in its own separate LLC. So it's a um, member managed LLC and then the manager is a manager managed LLC without getting too much into it or whatnot. Uh, basically it's just so many different levels of separation plus the individuals in those investments, whether it's the man or not the manager, sorry, whether anyway, this just, so there's so many different levels of, uh, of that. And some of them are investing, most of them are investing with their Roth IRA uh, or a solo 401k or different retirement accounts. And so again, that's, that's even harder to figure out who owns the account to figure out who to go buy the deal from. So anyway, um, it's very hard to find, not impossible, I've done it, but you have to really, you know, go bootstrap it. You got to go get out of your car. You got to go walk around properties that are close to you and go see that they're you know not taken care of, figure out a way to get a hold of, you know what I mean? Like figure out a contractor that's going there often and figure out if he can figure out who the property manager is and the owner. And so it's actually pretty hard to get uh, leads in multifamily real estate. So the brokers are key. Um, but, uh, sometimes like, for example, if you're in single family and then you find somebody who has a large portfolio of single family, or, uh, if they'll have more than one, you know, so you can tell that they, it's not just like a one-off, you know, deal that they did They're They're a full-time investor. Sometimes those individuals will also be a part of, or will own multifamily as well. So sometimes you can source multifamily deals by coming from a single family lead. So, uh, that's just another way you could get started in multifamily and honestly if you're the person that is is bringing a team of people a deal like you for sure will be in that deal because without you that it would never happen right um so how should a successful investor think this is really important so uh, i've learned this over time and um and I keep hearing or seeing this repeated over and over again, that it's just very important uh, for an investor. Again, if, if you're wanting to be in this game for the long term, that's this is where I'm coming from when I'm saying all this. So it's not someone that wants to just um, invest one or two times and then, you know, get bored and do something else. This is for somebody who, uh, again, has a long term in mind. So humility is huge. Uh, being able to talk to your tenants and or we call them clients or we call or i'm sorry your your staff or other vendors that you work with or your property manager all these people that you're constantly interacting with it's really really important to come from a perspective of treating yourself like um i you know maybe i don't know all the answers or i've been wrong before or you know i don't know your business as well as you do or you're the expert you know being very humble is very important because letting people talk and letting people share their experience, you know, sometimes they can save you from things that you don't know. Um, and at the end of the day, yes, you have to make the decisions, but um, it's, it's part of a, a team effort that you're doing that, right? So humility is key, I think. And then also being that way helps, no matter who you're talking to, helps them to open up uh, because you're being humble. And I really admire individuals that are out there uh, who are humble because that's, that's who I want to be and who I want to stay. So people that drive flashy cars and people that, you know, uh, it doesn't even matter about the things, but 
just their behaviors and the way they treat other people. Uh, if I have a meeting with somebody and we're at lunch and they treat our waitress like crap, I don't want to do business with them. I won't, you know, because for me, um, that's just as it doesn't fit who I want to do business with long-term and that's how eventually they will treat me and that's not okay. So um, keep your why in mind. That's another thing as far as how, how to think. So, you know, again, if you're in a uh, multifamily and you want to make a quick buck or if you are in single family and, and you find out how lucrative it can be, it really can be for sure. But um, keeping your why in mind really helps you keep motivated every day. So if you don't really know, what your purpose in life is or what your why is, uh, being able to figure that out is, is really key. And so uh, going on a self-exploration journey is, is really key, I think, to having any kind of success in anything, period, but, uh, but especially real estate. So if you can intertwine your why with what you do for work, uh, they always say you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll work for sure, but it's worth it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's, that's what whenever I go on vacation or I have a moment like now to really think about things and think about how close am I to my why is are my actions and what I'm doing and who I'm speaking with and the things I decide to get involved with the partners I choose to partner with is that getting me closer to my why or further away so it also helps with being able to kind of keep track of where you are is being very clear with what that why is um, and making sure everything aligns with that. Again, uh, being able to think about your team is, is also very important. So whenever you're making decisions for um, your, your team, you have to keep everybody else in mind too, you know? So it's not just how does, how does Kaylee want to look, but how does our company want to look and how, how do my partners want to look and be perceived and, and whatnot. And so if you're someone that is, acting uh, in a way that is like lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it is, just know that, you know, you're going to be affecting everybody on your team with your decisions. And so people will associate your decisions uh, or uh, basically your decisions will be associated with them for probably the rest of their lives. So you really have to keep your team in mind. Um, another thing to think about is long-term, not short-term. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times. So I'll just glaze over that real quick, but basically, you know, everything you're doing, think about the actions you're making uh, or and how you're treating other people and the decisions you're making is that, are you in it for the long term or the short term? You know, so it'll be, you'll have a lot more success. And I've learned this from other people who have taught me how to capital raise really well. You know, again, people that want to invest with you, they want to know that you're around for the long term. So if you don't have a robust website, if you don't build a team, if you don't, um, have, uh, I wouldn't say this is this key, this is not a key thing anymore, having to have a physical office. But again, if you just don't spend the money and spend the time uh, to really be professional and to have a presence and to show people that you're here, they won't take you seriously. So it's really important to think about um, the long term. Another couple of tips on how to think uh, as a successful investor to become one uh, is that real estate is always cyclical. This is something really important to think about because. Um, you know, I, I was seeing that now, um, even, even with some of my decisions, you know what I mean? So, uh, I, I get it that we all want to win and we want to succeed and whatnot, but just know that if you're getting into real estate, that it is a cyclical business period. It always will be, that will never change. Um, at least in my lifetime, it will not. So if that's the case, then you know that every so many years, again, this cycle has been totally different than what we've had before, but you know that. Once you're past a couple of years at a, at a bull run that you need to expect that it could be cyclical at any time. So what that means is that when you're buying uh, deals and especially with apartments, but you know, even when I've been looking at some fourplexes, I'm, 
I'm going to cash out refinance and then purchase another property um, with a long-term hold that I have and um, thinking about how to purchase even a fourplex. Um, for me, the way that I look at that deal, you're not really underwriting it per se, like you would a multifamily deal. And a lot of people will just buy it, but you do need to be aware of what the expenses are, what the income is, what the return on your initial investment based on what you have to put down on your loan, what that, what, what, what is my ROI or cash on cash return, if you will, return on investment, we'll just say that. Um, and so, um, knowing that you still, even when you're doing single family, you still need to remember that real estate is cyclical. And so it will change from a seller's market to a buyer's market, the buyer, you know, so you have to be able to pivot and mentally be able to pivot too. like right now, not quite yet. Cause nothing's official. You know, we have to see how this is going to affect us. I think that this is going to be more like a national disaster, like a hurricane, uh, not a long-term um, financial crisis. So, um, but anyway, regardless, real estate is cyclical. So underwrite your deals and purchase things and do, do actions that would be able to make sure that you and your family are going to be okay when it does change, when it does change to a buyer cycle or a seller cycle. You can do both. Don't do both at the same time, but you can do both. Just learn them. So right now while we're in quarantine, I've been really beefing up my knowledge on the buyer sides of things. Um, so we can set up all these systems and marketing and, and whatnot so that uh, we're ready to go um, as this is changing. You can continue to do business. It's just cyclical. Um, also, another thing to think about when you're when you're setting up a deal, uh, the one reason why I do like multifamily uh, personally, uh, and you can like whatever you want, is that a lot of people that I work with, I'm fortunate that they have the mentality that everyone eats. You know, there are people that try to come from single family into multifamily and uh, I hear that people try to cut out brokers all the time. I hear that people try to um, just do things that, that would basically make the other party suffer. Or if, if you're trying to super lowball the seller or if you're trying to make just something just super ridiculous, you know what I mean? Not being a reasonable individual. So everyone eats and that should also be your mentality. I think in single family too, if you are taking down, like I mentioned earlier, your first flip or, or whatever it is, partnering with someone who's more experienced than you can help you with a lot of headaches and a lot of um, monetary losses and lawsuits and all kinds of different things. Um, but having the mentality that everyone eats is, is very important. So humble yourself a little bit, take your shares back, take your profit back, whatever. I mean, and, and honor that person for their time um, because if everyone doesn't eat, then your business, I mean, think about this. So I've seen this so many times you do business with someone and they, they just want to make this the hardest, worst experience ever for me. Uh, they're the vendor maybe. Um, but anyway, that they just don't want to be reasonable. They don't want to negotiate. They don't want to take care of everybody. So, um, they don't eat again. They may eat like a pig in the beginning, but then after that they don't eat again. So everyone eats should be a good mentality uh, to help you have long-term success. Uh, take care of you. That's another thing that's very important, whether it's real estate or any kind of business. Um, so meaning that, you know, when it comes to exercise, when it comes to uh, whatever. So here's a really good tip um, in getting into specifically commercial. And you can use this in single family too. It doesn't make a difference. I just know that single family closings are, are shorter. Typically, there are, you know, 21 days has been what it had been before uh, coronavirus hit uh, was the typical cycle here in Texas. Um, and then on a multifamily deal, we're looking at like three months basically is your typical sales cycle. So it's very, very different. But in the process, especially in multifamily, 
in single family, a lot of people are gung ho, go get the report to make sure that we have the appraisal, make sure that we have all this stuff in. Um, but even when I was doing single family, mostly, I still would be um, an agent or broker that people didn't really like to work with. I'm going to be honest because they will call you, call you, call you, call you, call you. And I think that is just very disrespectful. I, you know, we all have our own businesses to run in the daytime and um, treating like every signature and everything is time of the essence when maybe it's not. Um, and then constantly hammering that person who may need till 5 p.m. to get to it, maybe not 10 a.m., you know, um, it, it's really important to stop and to take care of you and to make sure that every day you're building in time. Like for me, uh, I've started to build in an hour every day of, of learning time is what I call it. So uh, to make sure that I can uh, read the books that I need to strengthen my brain power and to be a knowledgeable leader and not someone that just follows trends, but understands them. Um, and then something else as far as self-care or taking care of you, uh, using this tactic I was going to say in single and multifamily, especially, especially multifamily. When you're going in on a deal and you've got a broker who wants an answer now and, and maybe you're already under contract or maybe you're not, it doesn't make a difference, uh, but they're pressuring you and that pressure takes a big toll on your stress level, takes a big toll on your health level because again, you're going to be doing this transaction with that broker for like three months. You know what I mean? And you're going to have to continue to deal with that person. So you need to set boundaries and standards for communication. Uh, and if someone is going to continue to call, 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 text, 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 email, and, and keep blowing you up until you respond, like that's not, not okay. And you need to take care of you. So I make sure to tell them, here's my communication preferences. Here's when, here's a reasonable time when I'll get back to you. And especially if they're pressuring you and you just, you've had it. And you would normally make an irrational, emotional decision and, you know, agree to something that doesn't make any sense for your team. Um, or, you know, you would, you would do something that would um, just not be kosher for, for both parties. Uh, I just say, you know what? And I did this in email. If they're calling and texting and stuff, I did this in email. I emailed the broker and I say, and you can do this with any vendor, anyone, it doesn't matter. I want payment, you know, email them and say, hey, I'm going to sleep on this tonight. I will get back to you tomorrow. Or in commercial real estate, they pretty much take the weekend off. So it'd be like, I'm going to sleep on this and I'll have an answer for you by Monday. And so then again, you know, the ball's in your court and you're able to, to calm down and to take care of yourself and breathe a little bit. So I've, I've even had to deal with partners where they're just, their, their adrenaline and their whatever is just crazy. And I'm like, hey, look, like we all want the same goal, you know, for example, on apartments, you know, to be able to get rid of non-paying bad tenants that are living in the building, be able to change the interior and exterior to add value to the value of the complex and, and renovate it in a reasonable time to be able to get new tenants in, make better income um, on the property and be able to uh, improve the value of the property and sell it. Like that's, that's our common goal, right? So if that's our common goal, let's breathe. And, you know, and I'll call you back, you know, in two days or tomorrow or whatever, you know, you have to take care of you. So that's important because when you're level headed and you are, when you're, when you're calm and level headed and you, you make decisions based on facts and you don't let emotions run you, I think for the long term, that will be good for your health. And then also for the long term, be able to make you a resource because um, you're not going to burn out. So uh, shortcuts uh, come back every time, every freaking time. I'm not kidding. So personally, I've dealt with this where, you know, we, we have three options to take care of something. And, you know, I just know that I've even had recommendations from other people to make certain shortcuts. 
Um, but knowing how, I don't know if you call it karma or whatever, just how things work, everything will come back to you, every decision that you'll make. So if it was a good, solid decision, that will come back to you in a good way. If it was a bad cutting corner type decision, that will come back to you. So I've been able to learn my lesson very early on uh, in a single family flip that I had where I had a contractor who was a recommendation. So this is super key. When you're listening to contractor recommendations, I always make sure the person who is recommending that contractor, they have employed that person and then they have finished that job with that person and they have paid that person. So at the end of the day, the person who's financially been involved with that person will tell you a real true honest answer of the type of work and the quality of that, um, that individual to you. So I did not uh, know that I was like in the beginning of um, uh, flipping a house. So the very beginning, the foundation, which is the bottom of everything, um, this was, you know, I'll be super transparent. That is one of our, our key values at my company um, and it personally. So, you know, knowing that this, this person um, was, a was a recommendation from somebody else who flipped houses a lot, a lot. I never asked, have you used this person? Have they finished the job and have you paid them? Um, so it ended up just kind of being a fiasco. We ended up fixing the situation, thank God, but, um, but it was very stressful and it caused issues the entire time that we were trying to flip that house. Uh, it never got better. And um, anyway, your shortcuts will come back to you every time. So it's important to do things the right way. I mean, I know it's gonna take more time. I know it's gonna be more expensive, but if you're in this for the long haul, it's just required. Um, again, another way to think, you are the boss. So this is something, especially for women that are watching this out there, this is something that I had to learn and I still have to pause for a second now in multifamily and remind myself about this, that you know I am the boss. So for example, if you have a vendor, you have a property manager, if you have somebody who is part of your team, they, you know, they are a valued asset to you, uh, but at the end of the day, if that person is manipulating you, uh, manipulating your partners, if they are speaking ill about you, if they are calling you whatever, if they are whatever, I don't care. Or if they're trying to control the situation and it's not how I want it to go. At the end of the day, you are the boss because at the end of the day for us and our multifamily properties, the investors are affected by my decisions at the end of the day. It doesn't go ever go back to the contractor. It doesn't ever go back to the plumber. You know, it doesn't, it falls back on us as an operating team. So at the end of the day, you are the boss and you don't have to be an ass or rude to other people to get your point across. But for example, or call names or anything like that. But, you know, if you're dealing with a situation where, you know, somebody is doing something that's not kosher, uh, you need to talk to them about it and tell them it's not okay, that you are wrong. This needs to be corrected. This will not be repeated in the future or this will happen, you know? So you are the boss and you have to make your expectations very clear. Uh, the best way to fire somebody is to do a verbal warning, um, a written warning, and then let them go. Uh, and when the, when the let go process happens, that third step, it's a, whether it's the phone or in person, it's a quick conversation like, so do you remember that conversation we had about this? Well, we decided that this was going to happen if this happened, right? And they're like, yeah. So, so basically at that point, they would be, they would totally understand why you're even talking to them for the third time. So that's just a, a good, good way to fire people because that's like a really uncomfortable thing that you have to deal with, but you will have to deal with it over time. You're going to get involved in real estate. And I was going to say, as a woman, we have a lot of empathy uh, and we have a lot of intuition, which is really great. But the, uh, the empathy and, and men have empathy too, don't get me wrong. 
Um, but you know, the empathetic part, there are a lot of um, people that could be uh, 1099 hires that you make and, and things like that where they will try to use that against you and basically figure out a way to manipulate you especially in, and it's really rough when you know you have a family member that dies or you have somebody that gets cancer or you have somebody there, there are lots of tragedies that will happen over time and as an owner as the boss and the way to handle that um, and it was hard for me on my first flip as a, as a woman I had to bring in another woman who had been doing it for a long time and she basically was like I'm gonna be the boss Let's pretend that, you know, I hired you to manage the project and they listened to me. So I learned from her that, you know, you really have to say, okay, so what's the issue? You know, my, my mom passed away and I needed to be gone for this amount of time and this, that, and the other. And so you always come across as, I'm so sorry that happened. You know, we, we apologize, you know, from us as an entire company. Uh, we never like it when somebody uh, has to go through anything rough in their life. And we understand that you took time off. However, you know, this was the expectation that we set up in the beginning. I did not get any communication about you being gone. So I didn't know that I needed to bring in somebody else to continue the project in the meantime. Uh, if I would have, then we would have dealt with it that way um, in, in any way. So you always want to apologize, but at the end of the day, you're running a business and you have to acknowledge it and move on. If they continue to bring it up, if they continue to, you know, oh, woe is me, or you kind of feed into that, you know, they've already, they figured you out, you know, and you're not the boss at that point. They're going to be um, using you and, and all that not fun stuff. So another slide, and I think this is the last slide, slide that I have on how to think as a real estate investor um, or how to be a successful real estate investor. Um, everything is negotiable. Always, always, always. So this is something I've learned. There's a really great book uh, by, it's, it's on my shelf. I think it's Neil Diamond. Um, no, it's Stuart Diamond because it's not Neil Diamond, he's the singer. Uh, so it's, it's uh, whoever I just said, uh, Stuart Diamond. So uh, it's, it's from the Wharton School of Business. He was a professor there, and that is an amazing program, by the way, if you're ever thinking about getting into a, having a master's degree, in a, 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 mass, a business administration master's degree, I forget how to say that, uh, an MBA. And it's the best program ever. But um, basically, this book teaches you how to um, understand from your other party or your whoever you're speaking with their perspective, right? Um, so if you can understand from their perspective what they're going through, what they want, um, what they need, what's what's a challenge, what's troubling them, and figure out how to uh, fix that problem for them, uh, everything is negotiable. So that book goes through from you know, not being able to make your flight and, you know, you're able to get a hold of the gate agent who is not in charge of stopping the airplane, the freaking pilot's in charge of that, but being able to uh, talk to them in a way that, you know, you can get on that flight. Or I've done this many times, you know, you're uncomfortable in being able to talk to the gate agent about a seat upgrade or whatever it is, but you're not talking to them about what you need first. It's always understanding from their perspective, giving them something first, and then, um, than being able to negotiate, you know, so, uh, but everything is negotiable. So like I said, whether it's, you know, real estate, whether it's your plane ticket, whether it's, you know, when I've got someone that wants to live with me, their rent, uh, when it comes to, I'm trying to think of something I negotiated this week. Um, oh, I was selling a, a couple of purses, you know what I mean? And when you post it on a website, you know, people uh, think that they have to pay that price. No, you don't. You can contact the seller and ask them, um, what their goal is. And then if you know their goal, then everything is negotiable. But anyway, so you can negotiate anything, even like your electricity contract. I mean, 
on and on and on. So keep that in mind. Everything's negotiable. Uh, another thing my mentor taught me was ask for the moon and get the stars. So for example, when it comes, it comes to lending, when we have a deal that we may have some construction on, and we know that typically to get a interest only loan on a commercial deal, you have to um, be doing construction. And so usually it's typically for ground up construction. Um, but again, with that, you know, everything is negotiable thing. Uh, they were like, we're going to give you a year of interest only. And I'm like, no, we're going to, we're going to do three years of interest only. And, you know, they were like, okay, well, we can do 18 months. And for me, knowing what we were going to be doing and knowing that we were going to be done under 12 months, um, I was like, that works, you know? And so it was easy. But the point is, is that, you know, I asked for something kind of ridiculous in their standards, three times the amount that they wanted um, to, to give us. And then I was like, telling them that obviously we're getting quotes from other banks and things like that too. They, they want your business, you know, you are a valued person. Um, but if you ask for the moon, um, then at least you'll land amongst the stars instead of, you know, just accepting what you're given. Um, so always ask for more and then um, you'll be successful long-term, I think. Uh, treat others how you want to be treated. The golden rule, this is something that I live by. You know, I think it's very important uh, regardless of whatever industry you're in. Uh, for me, again, whatever I'm saying to somebody, how I'm treating them, how would I want to be treated? You know, um, someone said something to me the other day. I think you're, you're really honest. You know, I think you're really transparent. I'm like, because if I put that out there, uh, that's what I expect to get back from other people, you know, and if they uh, see me being that way, and if they're not that way, usually they won't align with me and we won't work together. So um, just treat other people how you want to be treated. Truly, honestly, think about every action. If you're rude, snappy, if you're, you know, uh, I've been callous before. Uh, I've done, I've done things that, you know, um, I have, I've regretted, you know, and um, very quickly after that, because I'm always thinking how, how I want to be treated. I think, wow, is that how I want to be treated? No. Um, and so then empathy kicks in. But anyway, always ask yourself, is what you're doing how you want to be treated? Um, always uh, end with a question like, what's your level of interest? This is another like really great thing uh, to think, to have your mindset be, um, I don't know how to say this, but to, to keep, get your mindset to be where you're in control. I guess that that's a really good way to put this. So when it comes to emailing somebody who is interested in something that you're doing, you always want to end every single email, every single text message, every single whatever, uh, even conversation truly with um, what is your level of interest. So for me, that's, that's like uh, basically someone would say ask for the meeting and I'm like, I, I don't really do it that way. I, I ask what their level of interest is. Or for example, when someone comes to you out of the blue and they they want to interact with you. My first question for them is what brought you to me or what attracted you to me? And I think these questions kind of take people by, by shock. They're like, what, you know, but then when they answer, it gives me the answer that I need to understand. First of all, should we even do business together? Can I give them what they're looking for? Are we in alignment um, on what maybe brought them to me? Um, and then also when it's asking, what's your level of interest? It's a question mark at the end of, an, of a message or a conversation that puts the ball in their court where they need to add, they need to basically progress to the next step. They will either say, I'm not interested, and then you move on like that, or they will tell you what their level of interest is. And then you know at that point moving forward that you're not wasting your time or your energy providing them information, answering more questions. It's, it's worth it to put in the work to answer questions and make, for example, investors feel comfortable um, when they're wanting or partners feel comfortable when they want to partner with you 
um, but you want to know if it's worth it to put in that time because you want to know their level of interest. So I always answer everything with a question mark, and then the human response is to always answer that question. Um, so that's a good way to think is, is always um, having it be open-ended towards the other person and putting the ball in their court. Um, and I think the last thing I have is that um, you want to know your numbers uh, back and forth, front to back, before you ever make an offer. Um, I've got deal analyzer sheets uh, when it comes to multifamily. Um, my underwriter has built her own. She's almost finished with those. Um, and then I've used uh, other ones before. Um, and then when it comes to single family, the same thing. Uh, there are um, lenders that I've, I've pulled different sheets from that basically, it's, they're all Excel sheets where you just are, you, you want to know everything. Like when it comes to my multifamily deals, I sometimes have people that are asking how many uh, kitchen cabinet uh, doorknobs are going in? How many, like you need to know those numbers, you know, back and forth. What do you need to handle your real estate investments? How do I move forward from this? I got my mind right. What's next? Okay. So first of all, you want a good real estate and SEC attorney, SEC is security and exchange commission attorney. So that's if you're doing an offering where basically you have a, um, a piece of your project where you're selling off a share. So it's a piece of your company or security. Uh, so you want your attorneys and let them do their job. Uh, you want a great accountant. Um, if you're in real estate and you're not able to have a conversation, if you're heavily in real estate and you don't have a CPA whose goal is to make you pay no taxes, uh, you need to rethink who you're working with. Uh, again, what do you need? Money, whether it's your money, other investors' money, your family's money, uh, pulling it out of real estate you already have, you're going to need some money. Um, you're going to need some time. Or if you don't have any time, you need to find trusted, vetted sponsors for your deals. So people like us who are actively finding and doing the deals. And then uh, last thing you're going to need for sure is the data. You can't do a deal without the data. And I wouldn't ever invest personally. You have to think from their perspective. I would never invest in something personally that I couldn't sit there and go, how many doorknobs do you need? What is the cost of the renovation per unit? Uh, what is your labor rate? Like whatever you want to ask, but you need data um, to be able to do the deals, find the deals. And now we're going to segue into um, what Real Estate IQ does, which I think that'll help you with that part. There we go. Thank you, Kaylee. And we're going to come back to Kaylee uh, for questions and answers in just a moment. Right now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Real Estate IQ and what we offer. So we do have daily updated lists of motivated and distressed sellers. So we have these 10 different lists, plus you can pull absentee owners, um, absentee owners with equity, out-of-state owners, in some places over 65. Uh, so we have all those lists of potentially motivated sellers that you can market to. So this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, number one in deal finding. We have over 45,000 leads every month altogether. So our company was founded by Steve Liang and Juan Carlos Cruz about six, um, getting close to seven years ago now. Um, I'm in Houston. We have Joseph who's in Austin, San Antonio, Rodney who's in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And then uh, we also do have off-market leads right now in Florida and Georgia as well. So, and we're planning on expanding to other places. There we go, our guarantee, you'll always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. And I just wanna show you real quick what one of our, real short, short video of one of our clients has to say.
guys. We're here at the Quest Trillion Dollar Mixer right here. And I'm talking to Omero Corona. He's just made more than $100,000 with Real Estate IQ. Could you tell us about your story? Yeah. How's everybody doing? Omero Corona here at the uh, Quest Trust uh, Trillion Dollar Mixer. Really excited to share uh, my testimony and my story with uh, Real Estate IQ. So over the last, uh, you know, about six, seven months, I've been using uh, their platform and getting some of their uh, lists. And I was able to uh, finish my first flip recently where I was able to net about 85000 and in total, I think I've uh, been able to make about $100,000 with Real Estate IQ and their tools. So really excited to share this uh, great um, you know, company with you guys and definitely uh, give it a shot. I think you guys uh, will take advantage of all the tools and uh, it'll be profitable for you and your company. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Potential deal and we analyze it and we blog about it. So we uh, want to share with you what a good deal looks like and what, you, what kind of factors you should be considering when you're analyzing uh, real estate investment deals a really really good educational uh, piece for those of you who are trying to learn uh, okay he's talking about our deal of the day so we should have I believe some more poll questions coming up if you'd like to get a 45 minute one-on-one -on -one training of exactly how to use our system to find deals uh, feel free to say yes to that um, and remember, if you enter these raffle polls, you'll be, in, you'll be entered to win some free service. Also, I want to show you something we're really excited about, and this is going to help us reach other areas as well. And this is our new online community. So I want to show you real quick. Our website is realestateiq.co. And when you go there and you go here to community, this is our new online social media site where you can connect with other investors, you connect, can connect with people who provide services that you need, you can offer your services to others. So we have our, our regular community feed. We also have some groups here. And so I'd really encourage you to join our community, join our groups. Uh, we've got groups for certain areas. Uh, we've got groups, Geeks and Nerds in Real Estate, Book Club, uh, I've got my Houston Deal Finders Lounge. I've got a uh, women in real estate group as well. So uh, please do join our community, join our group. If you'd like to know more about our other events, once you go to our website, up here at the top is events. And uh, so these are the ones we've got coming up. I want to give a special plug for... I'm not seeing it. We've got one coming up on Tuesday uh, where we've got a, a hard money lender who's going to talk about what it's like to uh, get money for your deals right now in this current, current state that we are in. So when we go back here, so it's our community and our events. So please join that. What we offer for our services, uh, we do have some things for commercial. Uh, our our initial focus was single family residential, but we've expanded into commercial. We have commercial uh, deal analysis. We have some commercial off-market leads, which means they are owned by a commercial entity. Um, and so we have that in, in several different categories in different places. Um, we have our deal finding suite, which includes the off-market leads, the county data finder, where you can pull that list of absentee owners, things like that. And MLS deal finder lets you 
get notification when a new property that meets your criteria comes on the market. Kind of like what you could set up with a real estate agent to notify you of, of properties in an area, but it's super simple. You can set it up yourself to find out, to get a notification of any property that comes on the market at say 30, 40% or more below market value, whatever you're looking for. So that was our off-market leads again. Uh, we also partnered with ROI Muse, which is a, an advanced, very cool and easy to use uh, deal analyzer tools. They have commercial, multifamily, residential, all that. So we have that available as well. Do they have anything for um, storage units analyzing? No, not specifically. It's kind we'll of different with the other commercial, but that would be that would be interesting. That would be kind of cool. Um, let's see. We make sure you understand how to use our tool on demand, real-time training, customer service. Sometimes they answer that they even answer the phone when you call. If not, they'll get back to you right away. Um, so freebies. You should have another poll coming up here where you could sign up for any of our some of our freebie things that we offer. We have heat maps. Right now we just have these in the Texas areas, but the heat maps will tell you kind of where the deals are, where the biggest discounted properties on the MLS are, where all the pre-foreclosures are, well, where the better rental income areas are. And then we have our deal of the day, which is a live deal off the MLS that you could make an offer on, or you know, just kind of good to look at to know what's on here, what, to know what's available on the market. That looks to be it. Thank you so much, Kaylee. And Kaylee, we'll be back next week. Uh, same time, same place. So please join us again then. Absolutely. And if y'all want to get a hold of me, like I mentioned earlier, admin at theapartmentqueen.com. Um, or if you go to, I put Instagram because I'm always on uh, socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is, is new, but I'm on there too. Uh, so it's uh, at theapartmentqueen underscore. And uh, yeah, y'all have, y'all have that. And if you have any questions further, go ahead and email me. That's the best way to reach me. Cause um, in the uh, multifamily world, a lot of people, there's a lot of friction. They don't use technology that much, but um, we're going to change that, you know, so they have to call, but email me and I'll definitely respond. I'll see y'all next week. All right. Awesome. See y'all next week. Thanks for joining. Stay safe. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.